transcribed. The National Broadcasting Company presents Sir Lawrence Olivier, your host in Theatre Royal. This is Laurence Olivier. Once again, I have pleasure in welcoming you to our program and to tell you something about this week's play. As I mentioned last week, I am at this time rehearsing and producing a new stage play in which I'm appearing with my wife. And until we open in the West End of London next month, I'm introducing as my guests on this series some of my own good friends of the theatre. This week, my invitation has, I'm glad to say, been accepted by one of our finest actors, Michael Redgrave. Michael has been appearing this year at Stratford-upon-Avon with the Shakespeare Memorial Company, and some of you who are listening and have visited England this coronation year will, I'm sure, join me in my admiration for his wonderful work. In today's program, I've asked him to choose for himself a subject in which he'd like to appear. He has selected a tale by Nikolai Gogol. It is called The Overcoat. Here, then, is Michael Redgrave in the role of Akaki Akakievich Bashmachin. Yes, that's right. Akaki Akakievich Bashmachin. Yes, that's my name. Akaki Akakievich Bashmachkin. Born in St. Petersburg, March the 29th, 1780. Died in St. Petersburg, February the 1st, 1830. Oh, yes, I, I'm afraid I'm dead. Now, this story of the overcoat is really the story of my death. For an actual fact, it, it was an overcoat that proved the death of me. Although I find heaven a, a little milder than St. Petersburg, at least in the winter, even so, it was an overcoat that... Akaki Akakievich! Yes, yes, Your Honor, immediately, Your Honor, at once. You see, my profession is, or rather it was, that of a government clerk. Whatever else happened in my department, I was always to be found at the same desk, engaged in the same work. And you see, I was a copying clerk, and, and more than that, I never aspired to be. Akaki Akakievich! He's coming, sir. <coughs> yes, sir. Yes. Copy this. Oh, certainly, sir, at once. Oh, uh, and this other one. Here now. Uh, this to be copied, sir? Well, no. I want you to alter the headings for me. Oh, and oh. turn it from the first person singular into the third. First person... Into into the turn all the eyes into he's man. That's simple enough, oh, isn't it? Uh, well, sir, if you really think so, of course I uh, I'm not at all used to you know that kind of work, but uh, it's not quite what I was. All right, all right, just copy it then. So copy it I did, and at the end of the year I could be sure that my work would have paid me just what it always had paid me, exactly four hundred rubles. There is in St. Petersburg a mortal foe of the copying clerks who only earn 400 rubles a year. And that foe is the Russian winter. Ooh. <clears throat> I'm frozen to death, Peter Vasilievich. Oh, my dear man, what can you expect with an overcoat like that? Overcoat like what? But it's a regular sieve. It's full of holes. And they're across the shoulders, worn through. But it's... It isn't an overcoat at all. It's not even got a collar left. Oh, but Peter Vasilievich, I... 
I had to have most of the collar made into a patch for the elbow here. Now, for goodness see? sake, Akaki Akakievich, go and get a new one. But before I... it falls to pieces entirely. Well, there are no two ways about it. I did need a new overcoat. But overcoats cost money, and money was hard to come by. In any case, perhaps the overcoat could be patched again. Grigory Petrovich, the tailor, could do it if he'd a mind to. And provided he could stay sober long enough. Well, I decided to call and see him. Come in. Ah, ah, good, good evening, Grigory Petrovich. Uh, look, you see, I, I brought you this... Um, well, you brought me what, well, it, Akaki Akakiavich? It, it, it's like this, Grigory Petrovich. This yes. overcoat of mine, you see, it's got a little bit thin here and there, though it's perfectly good everywhere else. You see, it's strong as anything. It, it looks a little old, but actually it's, it's quite new, most of it. Just a little bit worn on the shoulders, you see. But it, all it needs yes, is just a... let me look. It's worn out. It's worn to nothing. No. I can't possibly repair it. No, but Grigori Petrovich, I'm, I'm sure that you could... possibly be patched. The stuff's completely rotten. You think so? You could put a stitch in it. It would fall to pieces. Oh, but surely a patch. There's would... nothing to put a patch on. Nothing. All it's good for is making foot claws. No, I don't want to do that. Wrap them around your feet when it gets a bit cold. No, but what about my... As for an overcoat, <laughs> you'll have to get a new one. Get a new one? But, great God, Petrovich, I haven't got the money for a new you'll one. You'll have to get a new one, new overcoat. Well, uh, um, if I did get a new one, how, how much would... Oh, cost? Uh, yes. Well, say, uh... 150 rubles or so? 150 rubles? Oh. For an overcoat? Of course, I knew that Grigory Petrovich the tailor would make me a fine new coat for 80 rubles. But where were 80 rubles to be found? Well, I said to myself, if I, if I give up burning candles in the evenings, of course, I, I can always call in on the landlady for a few minutes if I need to see what I'm doing. And if I take longer strides and walk very carefully. Maybe my shoes will last a bit longer and I'll be able to save on the resoling. Yes, of course. I, I, I'm sure I have been eating far too much lately. So, well, the fact is, I'll just have to cut down expenses. Oh, yes. yes. It was all very difficult, saving up those 80 rubles. It was taking a very long time indeed. Months and months and months. But it would have taken... But then suddenly, I had a stroke of luck. Akaki, Akaki, me! Come in, sir. Uh, yes, sir. You've been with the department a long time, Akaki Akakievich. Twenty-eight years this February, sir. Hmm, a long time. But, sir, I hope... I've, you know, I've always tried in every way, sir. Uh, um, never for a single moment. Of... Exactly. And so, as a reward for your good service, I've persuaded His Excellency to allow you a gratuity. A gratuity, sir? Exactly. A gratuity in recognition of service. The amount agreed is, uh, hmm, 60 rubles. 60 rubles? Thank you, sir. Oh, but, uh, I can... Uh, sir? I suppose you'll... Uh, what, sir? I suppose you'll now be getting a new overcoat. Well, there it is. 
The best value for money you'll get in St. Petersburg. It certainly does look very handsome. Yes. It looks really a beautiful overcoat. Of course. I, if I didn't live in a small street without a signboard, you understand. Yes, I know. If I hadn't known you for so long, Akaki, yes. Akaki. Yes, yes, I appreciate that, Grigori. Not that any other tailor would agree to take her. A mere 12 rubles for all his trouble. No. On the Nevsky prospect, you'd pay. They'd ask you at least 75. Oh, yes, of course. I should never go And, of course, like... there were the extra buttonholes and what we saved you by using cat fur for the collar. Yes. And the calico lining, of course. It's not quite so good as silk, but it saved you at least it saved you. Thank you. Thank you, Grigori Petrovich. Mm -hmm. I, I'm... Uh, 80 rubles is exactly... And, uh, uh, may I say... Ten kopecks for your trouble. Uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> I'll take just a draught to your health. <laughs> a very smart, well-tailored overcoat. Yes, it is. <laughs> and so, I got my new overcoat at last. And there was no doubt about it, the overcoat was a good one. The cloth was thick and the coat was warm. Even though the wind was whistling through the streets as I walked to work next morning. Oh, it's cold enough to freeze you stiff as a board. Oh, do, do you think so? Uh, yes, I was thinking it was rather warmer this morning. Well, but that's perhaps just because I've got a... You uh, felt warmer in an old rag of a coat like... But wait a minute. What? Why, you've got a new overcoat. Hmm. Yes, you like it, Peter Vasilievich? You really listen, think it's... Listen, everybody, Akaki Akakievich has got a new... magnificent, my dear fellow. Could anything be more elegant? Yes, or, or warmer. Or more becoming. My dear fellow, I congratulate you. Oh, no, 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 no. It's nothing really, but, but you really do... Oh, magnificent. Oh. <laughs> well, well, I, I'm sure I shouldn't have... Uh... You know what? This calls for a party. Yes, yes. Uh, the uh, coat must uh, be properly launched uh, in champagne. Oh, no, 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 wait, please. I must assure you, I can't... What you can do? A party for the department. No, but really, I'm sorry. I couldn't possibly. I mean, it's... Nothing very elaborate. Just for seven of us. A few bottles, a surgeon. No, 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 please. Be quiet, really. No, I'm sorry. I couldn't possibly. It's really more than... Really, besides... Well, you know, it isn't it isn't really a, a new overcoat. I mean, it's a, no, no, it's not really what you'd call brand new. I mean, it, you see, I... Well, well, I tell you what we'll do. Today happens to be my name day. Yes, believe it oh. or not. Will you all come round to my apartment this evening? Oh, and then we'll have a little party to launch the overcoat. Fittingly, oh, eh? You'll come? Of course. Oh, yeah. oh that's that's really lovely. Lovely. Thank you, thank you. Splendid. And you'll come too, Akaki Akakievich. Well, you're really very kind, Vasily, and think that... Splendid. And, of course, you'll bring your overcoat. <laughs> yes, of course, if you, if you really Well, think... this will be quite an occasion. Champagne! <laughs> and so, in due course, I made my way across the town to Vasily's apartment. And since Vasily was an assistant head clerk, of course, that meant he lived in the better part of the town, a long, long way away from my modest room. The streets were gay with lamps, and sledges dashed along through the snow, their bells jingling merrily, and... I was as warm as toast and as happy as a lark. And as for the party, well, that was a great success. Oh, my friend, I, I tell you that a man who possesses an overcoat like yours cannot possibly leave as early as this. Oh, no, but Peter Vasilievich is, is getting on for midnight. Oh, with an overcoat like yours, Akaki 
Akakievich. It does not matter. Who is ready for a game of cards? Peter Nikolai? Yes, wonderful. Of course. And Come you do, Akakievich. No, I'm very sorry. No, I, I don't play cards. I, I've never yet... Oh, then you can sit and watch. And have a drink. Everybody have another drink. Oh, no, thank you. I, uh, I really think, though, if, if you don't mind... Nonsense. Drop your chair. Watch. Well, thank you very much. If you'll just excuse me for a moment. Excuse me. Just a moment. I, um, I, I, I will be back in a moment. <laughs> While the rest of the party settled down to their cards, I gracefully withdrew, picked up my overcoat from the floor of a passage where I was horrified to find it lying, dusted it off and put it on quietly. I let myself out into the street. Though it was after midnight, the streets were still cheerfully lit, at least those in the district where Vasily lived. But soon I had left them, as I made my way back to the dingy quarter where I lived. The street lamps grew less and less, and the streets themselves grew meaner. And soon, there was not another soul abroad but myself. The snow muffled the sound of my footsteps. The shuttered windows of the wooden houses threw no chink of light. At last, I came to a deserted square. I felt a strange presentiment of evil waiting for me there in the darkness. Then, halfway across the emptiness of the square, two figures loomed up suddenly out of the darkness. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, I, you, you startled me. Give me that overcoat. What? I, what's wrong? My, my overcoat? Yes, your overcoat. I say it's mine. Oh, how, how can it be? No, no this is my overcoat. It, it, it's a new one. Give it to me. Oh, no. Come on up. No. No, no, no. Let me go. Give me Let me go. I told you. Keep your mouth shut. No. overcoat which I'd saved up so painfully had been stolen from me the very first night I had worn it. And as I stumbled after them through the snow, the thieves vanished away into the darkness. The deserted square fell back into utter silence. Only one glimmer of light could be seen across it, the light from a sentry box. I ran frantically towards it. Help! Thieves! What's all the noise about? I've been robbed. You... You were asleep, asleep, huh? asleep on duty. You, you let them rob me. I, 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 I should... Now, steady on. Who's been robbed? Well, I have. They've stolen my overcoat. You, you let them steal it. I let them steal it? Yes. You let them steal it. What do you mean? Well, I... I saw you talking to some men out there. I what? thought they were your friends. No. Well, why didn't you shout out if they were robbing you? Because they stunned me. I couldn't speak. They, they stole my overcoat. Why don't you go after them? Why don't you arrest them? Well, they must be a couple of verses away by now. Oh, no, they're not. Uh, if, you, if they stole your overcoat, uh, you'll have to report it. Uh, tomorrow morning. No, but to the superintendent. No, but my overcoat. What can I do about that? Now, you just take my advice, sir. Go off home before you catch your death of cold. Yes. Oh, standing about on a night like this with no coat on. I ran back home in despair. I hammered on my landlady's door and... Why, sir, whatever's the matter? <laughs> your hair's dishevelled. You've lost your hat. Your clothes are covered with snow. And where 
Dad, it's your overcoat. Hey, Jubal. It's the very first day that I've worn it, and it, it's stolen. Stolen? Stolen off my back by a, a gang of thieves. Oh, you must go straight to the superintendent. What? First thing in the morning, sir. But... Not to the local constable. That'll get you nowhere. No, you must go straight to the superintendent himself. <sighs> Demand to see him. But I... Tell him the whole story from start to finish. That's the only thing you can do. First thing in the morning, the superintendent... Yes, but, 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 will he be able to... Help me get my overcoat. Of course he will, sir. Oh. I know the superintendent very well. See him go past nearly every day. And see him at church on Sunday. Oh, oh you should see the way he smiles at everyone he knows. Oh, oh a very kind gentleman, the superintendent, oh, sir. Oh, sir, I'm very glad of that. But will he be able to find my overcoat, I wonder? After listening to my landlady's advice, I went off gloomily to bed. There could be no question of sleep for me, not that disastrous night. I lay there, tossing about in the dark, remembering every detail of my beautiful overcoat. Its cap fur collar, its, its calico lining, its, its, its comforting weight upon my shoulders. First thing the following morning, I was there at the superintendent's door. The superintendent, I... I must see the superintendent. It, it, it's terribly important, and I must see him at once, please. His honor's asleep. Go away. And it was dinner time before I finally got my foot inside the superintendent's door. And then I was stopped by his clerks in the anteroom. They were not at all sympathetic. I tell you, I must see the superintendent at once. It's a matter of life and death. The superintendent is engaged. Now, will you please tell me the nature of your business? I will not speak to anybody but the superintendent himself. It is a matter of the very gravest importance, and I insist on being admitted. This, this delay is, is an outrage. It, it, it may prove fatal. The superintendent is far too busy to see anyone at the moment. But I, now, if you would care to state the nature of your business, I am I here will on government business from the department. I insist on being admitted, or, or it will be the worst for someone. At last, after exercising my authority for the very first time in my life, Admittedly, only to a fellow clerk, I, I was ushered into the superintendent's presence. There I told my story in all its agonizing detail. Now, one moment, sir, if you please. You were on your way home, and it was late. Very important. About how late, would you say? Well, it was after midnight. I, you see, I was crossing the square, and Not I... so fast, please, if you don't mind. It was very late at night, and you were coming home. Therefore, you had been somewhere, and you were coming back. Am I right? Well, of course, I was coming back. I, I, I was crossing the now, square. If I... you please. You were coming back. Yes. You had been somewhere very late at night. Right. Shall I tell you where you had been, sir? Where? Been? But I, I'd been you to had a... been to a place of ill repute, sir. That is where you had been. No! Sir, really, I've never done such a thing in my and life. And after such an expedition, such a debauch, you have the cruel effrontery to come here, here, with a complaint about the loss of an overcoat. But shall I tell you something, my dear but, sir? But, but, but no, well, I, yes, yes, what? I very much doubt whether you had the overcoat with you at all after you left the, uh... What? Well, after I... you, uh out for your home. I very much doubt that. And I should not be at all surprised, sir, if you hadn't left your overcoat behind. What? Am I right? No. No, no, no. I hadn't been uh, uh, where you said. I, 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 I did, did have the overcoat with me and it, it, 
I was attacked by thieves. They did steal my overcoat. I tell you, they did, they did. I, 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 I know they did. Well, sir, we shall see. Yes, we shall see, sir. And now, sir, if you will pardon me, good day, sir. That was the first day in my life that I'd been absent from my desk at the department. The following day, I was back at my desk once more, copying. But the news of the loss of my overcoat was on everybody's lips, and I was the sad recipient of much sympathy and much well-intentioned advice. Too bad about your overcoat, my dear fellow. Incredibly bad luck. You know, I really wish you hadn't slipped away like that on your own. If you'd waited for the others, it probably wouldn't have happened at all. No, Vasily Ilyaronovich, but, uh, you know, I was very tired. Oh, look, there's only one thing to be done. You must go and see His Excellency. Now, tell him the whole story and persuade him to take the matter up for you in proper quarters. His Excellency? Do you think he, he would do that, do you think? Why, of course he would. I'm sure of it. A person of some authority, that's what he is. A person of considerable authority. Yes, but, but will he be able to get my overcoat back? Well, if His Excellency can't, who could? His Excellency was indeed a person of the very highest authority. His bearing was dignified and majestic, and he was held in considerable awe. His Excellency was a man who believed in putting people in their proper place and, and keeping them there. Nevertheless, he was a man with a kind heart, a good-natured man with his equals, and one who was fond of his friends, even more fond of impressing them. He was impressing one of them the day that I called upon him. Fellow, whatever he is, that's waiting to see me. Uh, what's his name again? Akaki Akakievich Pashmatchkin, Your Excellency. Curious name. And what is he, would you say? A clerk, did you say? Yes, Your Excellency. A copying clerk in the department. Mm, very well. Have him come in. <laughs> this will probably amuse you, my dear Count. A copying clerk from the department to see me. Oh, good, eh? Give them an inch, these clerks, and they'll take a mile. What on earth can he want with me? Really? Well, we shall see what we can do for him, eh? Akaki Akakievich Bashmatchkin, Your Excellency. Well, what do you want? Well, speak up, man. I shan't eat you. <laughs> Have you lost your tongue? Eh? Have you? Please, Your Excellency, I... I, uh, well, go on, man. Go on. Don't just stand there. My overcoat, Your Excellency. Your overcoat? What the deuce are you talking about? You come here, taking up my valuable time, babbling about your overcoat. What's the matter with it, anyway? Well, I, I, I've lost it, Your Excellency. Lost it? Do you mean to say that you've got the confounded effrontery to come here? Uh, that said, it was stolen, Your Excellency. A new overcoat. It cost me 80 rubles. It was stolen off my back by a pack of thieves. What, sir? You come and bother me about it? Me? Don't you know the proper way to proceed? But don't you know how things are done? You ought first to have handed in your petition to the office. Yes, but I ventured, Your Excellency, uh, uh, you know, clerks are very undependable. How and, and... dare you, sir? What sort of ideas are these? Do you realize who you are talking to, sir? Yes, sir. I... Do you realize who I am? Yes, sir. Get out! Let's hear no more of this tomfoolery. An overcoat, indeed. 
How I managed to crawl away, how I got out into the street, even I never knew. And all my life, I'd never been so severely reprimanded by a person of such authority. I went out into the snowstorm that was whistling through the street. The wind blew and buffeted me from corner to corner across the town. A wind which only a good warm overcoat could hope to keep at bay. And by the time I reached my cheerless room, I was frozen to the marrow. The holy saints protect you, sir. You must get to bed at once. Oh, dear, it may be your death you've caught. It was my death that I'd caught. The next day I was in a fever. And the day after that I was delirious. And the day after that in a coma. And the day after that I was dead. Yes, Akaki Akakievich Bashmachkin was dead. A creature had departed this life whose cause no man could champion, who was dear to no one and missed by no one. It was several days before I was even missed in the department, for there was very little copying required at that time. And when I had been missed, a porter was sent to inquire about me. Did you go to his room? That's right, sir. Well, didn't I tell you to bring him back with you? I want an explanation. Where is he? He couldn't come, sir. Why? Is he ill or something? Not exactly, well, sir. What the devil is the matter with him, then? Well, sir, they buried him three days ago. No. Really? Dear me. Peter Vasilievich. Yes, sir. You wanted me? Yes. Akakia Akakievich is dead. You'll have to copy this. No. I'm afraid that Akaki Akakievich was not missed very much by anyone. My landlady sold my two possessions to pay the doctor's bill and the funeral expenses. And somewhere in St. Petersburg, a man was wearing my overcoat. But when the news of my death had chanced to reach him, one man did feel a twinge of conscience on my behalf. And that man was a person of great authority. Yes, in some ways, perhaps I was a little abrupt with a fellow. <laughs> you know what I am, all bark and no bite. <laughs> As a matter of fact, after I'd thought it over for a day or two, I sent one of my clerks round to get a few particulars. The fellow had lost his overcoat of all ridiculous things. But when my man arrived, they told him the fellow was dead. Too bad, you see. <laughs> Too late to do anything for him. Well, Count, I must be off. Charming evening, charming. No, don't come down to the door. Far too cold. This winter really has been bitter. <laughs> Terrible night. His Excellency was helped into his warm fur coat and climbed into his sledge. His driver cracked the whip and the sledge moved off down the street. His Excellency turned up his collar against the wind and settled himself under his pile of furs. Suddenly, he felt a tug at his fur collar. The wind rose wildly. He started out of his doze to see a man standing on the sled beside him. A short, unimportant little man with a small, bald patch without an overcoat. At last, Your Excellency. Uh -huh. No, no, it's not you that I want. It's your overcoat. Uh -huh. You refused to help me, and you were arrogant. You didn't care about my overcoat. Now, give me yours. Oh, yes. His Excellency gave up his overcoat. He tore it off and flung it out of the sledge into the road. 
and the driver cracked his whip with his eyes jumping out of his head, and the horses galloped away into the night. His Excellency arrived back, chilled to the marrow, for his had been a very fine overcoat. Oh, yes, yes. An overcoat of the very highest authority. <laughs> This is Laurence Olivier again. I would like to extend my thanks to Michael Redgrave for that very exciting performance of Akakia Akakievich Bashmachin in Nikolai Gogol's story, The Overcoat. Our thanks, as usual, should also go to the most excellent supporting cast. I'm looking forward to next month when I shall have the opportunity of appearing myself in the plays which we shall bring you each week. Until then, I will have the pleasure of introducing some more of my good friends of the theatre, including next week, Ralph Richardson. Until then, au revoir and thank you. So Lawrence Olivier introduced in today's transcribed program, Michael Redgrave. Gogol's story, The Overcoat, was dramatized by D.G. Bryson. The music was under the direction of Sidney Torch. Theatre Royal is an NBC presentation produced and directed by Harry Allen Towers. Hear Judith Eveman's Stroke of Fate next on the NBC Radio Network.